0: Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zach Shevich, and joining me, he's being controlled by somebody somebody on Netflix. Netflix.
1: It's It's Arturo Arturo Zurita. So much so that if you heard an echo there, uh, Zach will yell at me later because that was me not putting in the headphones the way I was (laughs) supposed to. Uh, Yeah. That's all I had.
0: I got to use my Bandersnatch intro on you. We had um, all the best of lists, and then have we not talked about Bandersnatch? Yeah, we have not talked about Bandersnatch yet.
1: Oh, we're trashed, then. Yeah.
0: So um, I don't know if we're even going to talk about Bandersnatch, but <laughs> no, I got it. I got it in the intro there. That's enough. There you go.
1: That's all that matters. <laughs> um, speaking of decisions, whoever whoever controlled me into buying almond flavored hazelnut creamer messed up because this is disgusting we literally had a whole debate whether it was going to be good or not because i'd gotten the wrong one so i'm just going to stick to the dirty cherry coke that i had never mind (laughs) i got nothing how you doing zach (laughs) i'm all right i'm all right how was your how was your travel back from sundance the last Mm -hmm. one that everyone saw us in. we were doing the sundance talk uh Uh, with amanda with Alina. what's new with you (laughs) not much i'm back home you clearly are not yeah not yet. Yo, <laughs> did I tell you this? So I'm in Colorado and we're chilling. All of a sudden, 2 o'clock in the morning, I go, yo, Alina, you want to watch Aziz Ansari? He's going to be here Sunday. <laughs> Wake up in the next morning and I realize I'm watching Aziz Ansari Sunday. So uh, there's that. That's cool. That should be cool. I wish I would have yeah, seen him. He's so been uh, was...
0: making news a little bit with his comeback recent. thing. Has he started it? Uh, yeah, I think he did some shows, some small shows in New York. I saw that Vulture wrote about it, how he's actually addressing some of the sexual misconduct stuff. So it'll be interesting. I'm I'm, curious to hear. I'm excited for
1: him, yeah. And I've never been a big fan of his stand-up either. I've liked his narrative stuff. I want to say a little bit more. He's like, to me, Aziz, and we've talked about this, to me, Aziz is like the annoying guy in the show where you don't want him to be in the show. But he's also what's making the show. He has a lot of energy
0: in most of the things that Too much energy. ...has been in, and yeah, that can translate to too much energy. I happen to like him a lot in uh, stuff like Parks and Rec, and I think some of his stand-ups really good, but definitely uh, Master of None is some of the best stuff that he Easily. has done. Uh, I'm curious to see how he is planning on moving forward, uh, given all the stuff that's come up about him, I guess, or... or, or about, yeah, it related to him. I don't know what the right word to use there. Probably best for me Transitioning! About- <laughs> In a little bit, we'll talk about the Oscars, maybe about some true detective and more, but first. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Intercut Podcast, either the video podcast on youtube.com slash intercutpod or the audio podcast available on most podcatchers. Also follow Intercut across social media, whether it's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's Instagram. We're at Pod. That's at intercut P-O-D. That's short for podcast. Art, let's start the show the way we started every week
1: with what we're watching. What you been watching, buddy? I'll tell you what I've been watching. So you tell the you tell the listeners, the interviewers, intercuties, intercutters, which however whatever your age range is, whatever mood you're in at the time. I cleaned it. Uh, you always tell them to go and do five stars on iTunes, and I'm very grateful for everyone who does. Have you read our comments? <laughs> They're all about me. They're, well, that that was, that was what threw me for a loop. Have you read our most recent one? Uh oh.
0: No, yep. I don't know.
1: See, I thought the consistency was on you. And then we get this this latest one. And, and it was my sister who sent me the thing. And then she's like, have you have you heard about this? So we got a comment. I don't even know how to see the comments. She just sent me a screen. How do we, How do I open up the comments on this bad boy? I think you, you need... got to
0: go to like the iTunes store and search Intercut pod.
1: Oh, on the iTunes store. <laughs> am, am I keeping this in the podcast? <laughs> You're keeping this in the podcast 100% because this is attributed to the podcast. This is what I've been watching. I've been looking up stuff about uh, Intercut, and I see that at one point, the culture swayed and you were the funny one. And something happened along the way where we had somebody, I can't even, what are we called? Intercut pod? Did you find it? Yeah. Read it out loud.
0: Look, Zach or Chris. Wow. Wow. I love you, but can we have a once a week Arturo only podcast? His voice is crisp and soothing. Uh oh.
1: So let oh. me get let me get to this right here, alright? Let me answer this one, Zach. Let me answer this one. Listen here, boy. This Intercut podcast is a two way thing. It's my boy Zach. It's me. If you want me just by myself, there's enough of that buffoonery <laughs> elsewhere. I talk for a long time on a monthly recast, but when it comes to this thing, without Zach, it's nothing. It's just period. I feel like people don't know how much work you put into it. So I wanted that comment to be the one to signify that there is no Intercut unless it's to both of us. Thank you. Thank so you. So there you go. Because he is, in that. fact, and the funny I, one trying to figure out who Chris is. Is that Chase? I think it took me a while. I sat there. I said, this is either the most insulting comment. I almost, <laughs> had to give him, I almost had to give him credit. You know what I mean? Like, you know when someone just insults you good? You're like, damn, that's pretty good. I got. I had one good insult once. It was someone who said, listen here, man. You're getting too many views to have a crappy-ass haircut like that. I said, Woo! That one got me. That one got me. Since then, I don't go to great clips. Uh, so I read this one. I was like, who the hell is Chris? I guess just chase. Yeah, but maybe. I just want—I just wanted oh, well, it to be known because well, well, I Davitron figured you were gonna seven
0: thousand. Uh, I just upgraded to the Yeti. Uh, now, <laughs> Toro and I are. So are now we can have that crisp,
1: clear voice. No, I, I mean I know, I have, you know, know. I, I have a crisp voice
0: myself sometimes.
1: <laughs> when I try, you got to hop on an Nespresso game. That's what does it, it clears <laughs> the palate down a bit. No, I just wanted to mention that one because I, I think the. Uh, I'm grateful for having the podcast, but it's mainly like literally what makes it is the conversation between mm-hmm. the two of us. And I figured you were going to read that comment eventually, and I figured, you know <laughs> Might what? As well be I... Yeah, what's our boy's name? Or girl, I'm not sure. Dabatron 7000 Dabatron 7000 Figured you'd wanted an even bigger shout out. Could have responded in text, but I figured, you know what? <laughs> Here you go. Let you know personally, Intercut ain't nothing with Zach.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So You can't uh, spell Intercut without watching?
1: Zach. <laughs> you can't. That is literally. Besides that, yeah, nothing else. We saw fifty-something movies. Got to take a break. No, Alita: Battle Angel for you. I mean, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you okay. ever you ever go to a restaurant and you're still hungry at the end of it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think I think that's a good enough review for that was Alita, Alita: Battle Angel. Yeah.
1: What have
0: you uh, seen? I've been seeing quite a bit. You know, I'm I'm still on that watching movie game. Uh, I got High Flying Bird. Yo, let's talk about
1: it. Let's talk about it. I was a little bit in and out towards the end of it, but is it good? I
0: think this one's really good. I think this is a low-key, one of the better Soderbergh movies of recent years. He does this thing where he kind of turns a lot of different things into heist movies, and by the end of this one, it feels a little like a heist movie too, but it's got Mm -hmm. that whole social, cultural thing going on with the idea of this basketball lockout where uh, the players aren't getting paid and the agents aren't getting paid and Andre Holland is working behind the scenes pulling yep. all these strings. I think by the end it really works. I, I don't know if it's always working on a scene-to-scene basis, but so the, the movie is so full of like crisp dialogue quick, and quick, good quick, performances. Quick. A little yeah, too it, crisp. It may, may be. It's written by uh, Terrell McCraney Uh, the guy who did the Moonlight script, and he's a playwright. He comes from writing plays. It feels like a play. I I feel like this might have been a play at one point. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. It feels very much like it. For me, those are positive notes. I can see how maybe somebody uh, would feel like it's not cinematic or anything. I think there's a lot of really interesting bits in it, and I love also this is Soderbergh's second movie entirely shot on an iPhone.
1: So let's talk about that. Because I couldn't see half of Andre Holland's expressions. You didn't like the shots?
0: I thought it was pretty beautifully shot. I mean, you know, it definitely, you can tell at points that it's an iPhone and not like like a cinematic camera.
1: You know what? I wish I would have not found that light. So then I could have looked like a Steven Soderbergh (laughs) film as I'm completely blacked out, but hey, but at least the background isn't. But what's the point of it? He's got the money. And you know as good as well as I do that the shots that are done very well in the movie, you can't tell me when I watch it going, damn, the adapter on the iPhone through the app through the technicolor. Here's what I believe
0: is the idea of it is that they're shooting some of this in the streets of New York. They're shooting some of this in crowded gyms. He's able to kind of like get an intimacy into these spaces and kind of maybe blend a little bit more uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard to get like a realistic New York sidewalk shot because the minute you set up a film crew, everybody's going right. to stop and watch. Right. If it's an iPhone, maybe it's not. Right. And and there's moments like that where it really does feel like he's part of the environment in a way that it you does. don't necessarily see like in a lot of our New York of movies. IPhone. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, for me it worked. For me it was just that there's the rat a tat pace to it. I love how it feels like he's pulling one over in the end. You know, it yeah. it worked. It it built it built in a good way for me. Actually the, that final scene was also pretty dope. What was the final scene? Uh with Zazie and uh what's his name from American Vandal.
1: Okay, I think I remember it. Here's my G- thing with it. Yeah. Because I don't want to spoil the ending. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's I why I don't want to get specific. Yeah, I, there is one part that I do want to talk about, because uh, that was the part that like really like won the movie over for me. Yeah. The ownership of the NBA. Yeah, that they're the express written consent like that. So I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, uh, Black magic. Cinema pocket cameras exist. I guess that's my thing with the iPhone thing—that yeah. there are ca- that ex- I feel like it's an excuse. The oh, I can fit it in different places. Buddy, yeah, no, okay, GoPros so it, shoot better.
0: That is that is Black a, one excuse for it. But I also do think there is an aspect to it that Soderbergh just kind of like making a statement, just kind of like I can do this on an iPhone. Uh, I think he right, can, but is he's it a guy who you gets- can
1: too? Even though I got Matt Damon and I got. Yeah, but he,
0: the thing I is, guess. like, he he's a guy who gets excited by these weird right. challenges. Dope. He's going to not do an episode of The Nick. He's going to do the entire season of The Nick. You know what I mean? Sure.
1: <laughs> but does that excuse him from having actual bad shots where you cannot see the actor's faces? The actor's face? This ain't the godfather. Yeah, I
0: mean, I, I guess I'm saying that I don't think it disqualifies it from being a good watch. No, I just... I can see, I can see wanting a different... Approach to
1: the movie. I'm just curious as to why he's doing it. Because I feel like he's still spending the same amount. And I feel like he can get better shots for someone who's very (laughs) as cinematic as he is. However, in terms of the movie, that legality thing where any shot of an NBA player just just on Instagram is considered content from the NBA that you need the express written consent.
0: Right. That's crazy. And what is, you know... What is the line between what's NBA content and what's a player's personal brand and personal image? And
1: uh, what happens when a player can't get a tattoo? Remember that? Yeah, because the LeBron James thing. The LeBron James thing and the, uh, uh, the what's his name? His partner, Mister, shot the ball without the timeout. Whatever his oh, name is, uh, Jr. Yeah, Jr. He wanted yeah. the the supreme. Yeah, I think it was on his knee or whatever, and it was going to be visible, and they told him no, and he's like, "It's my body," he says, "and you're on our salary." Yeah. It's crazy.
0: No, I mean, that's the thing with the modern, the way that media is working in a modern era. Uh, these 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 different elements coming to a head in a very interesting way. And the NBA in real life is one of those. It, a lot of people have wondered why the players don't necessarily take more control. If if you were paying attention during the last NBA lockout, I want to say 2010, uh, a lot of people were saying, why doesn't LeBron James and Car- Carmelo Anthony just like get a game together at Madison Square Garden, sell the tickets and keep the money, you know. Yeah. In, they can't. In this, in this era, some things like that could potentially be possible. And I think Soderberg- the Soderbergh movie, the Cheryl McGrainy script, does a really good job of existing in our current entertainment uh, era. You know, there's a Netflix subplot and it doesn't feel oh, like Netflix yes, that's right. telling yeah. them to put a subplot in about Netflix. Yeah.
1: It's just, Becomes so integrated into it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just when you think about like all the shows that everyone has with them, when LeBron has his thing with HBO, does the NBA get a cut of it? Even scarier than that, you know, we talk about the Congress and replicas, (laughs) all this other crazy stuff. Do they not already have all the information when they put them in all these motion capture stuff? When they get all their mannerisms and their phrases and everything for the NBA games? They literally yeah. have a digital copy of these people.
0: Yeah, it's some, like, the Congress shit.
1: Yes, and they get tested weekly, so they have all their DNA. Bro, I'm just saying.
0: Yeah. No, uh, definitely a interesting situation going into the modern age. You're going to management and you start
1: talking about cloning?
0: Right. <laughs> spinoff Intercut podcast. Oh. Uh, I've been watching a couple other things too. Have you seen any of True
1: Detective so far this season? I kid you not. We were about to watch it, and then you said you got home. We're Yo. about to watch. So as soon as we get off of this podcast, yeah, I think there's six up already.
0: Yes, yeah, seven is going to be this Sunday. Final one. Uh, so it'll it's be up by seven. the time that we. Sorry. Did the other
1: did the other ones end at seven?
0: Uh, no, I believe they're eight.
1: Is this one going to be eight or?
0: Yeah, this one's going to be eight.
1: Oh, it is? Someone was telling me... HBO was telling me that it ends this next Sunday. Hmm. I don't know. But I gotta catch up on it. Is it... It's better than two. But is it better than one? It is 100% better than two. But is it better Um, than one?
0: We talked at one point, pre-intercut, about our disappointment with True Detective Season Mm -hmm. 2. And I might even go so far as to say that I'm enjoying it a little more than one. I, I don't know if it will stick the landing... And ultimately be better than one There's things about season one That are certainly more uh, Interesting And I I think it ultimately comes down To like this In that I think Mahershala Ali Is giving the best performance That we've seen On True Detective so far If you think that Matthew McConaughey was giving a better Performance Maybe you won't feel the same way that I do I feel like Matthew McConaughey was kind of doing almost like his own thing, whereas mm-hmm. Mahershala is really embodying the different eras of this show. For those who haven't started the show yet, it takes place across three different timelines in 1980, 1990, and 2015, and Mahershala Ali is playing his same character through these different ages. And whoa, the way whoa, he's whoa. In-
1: That's what season three is about?
0: Yeah. So the way he's able to embody this character across time, even as an old man, it is really, really well done. And I, I just find him so mesmerizing, much more interesting as a character than Rust Cole was in the first season.
1: Oh, you told me then. Yeah. Mahershala Ali, yeah. to me, is the definition of grace. Yeah. Like, we literally just did an edit with that. It was like, Mahershala Ali adjective or definition (laughs) noun he's so
0: good man he's so good on this so so this is literally I had no idea it was oh
1: and McDerry's in it
0: yeah and McDerry's in it yo what was the last thing that man
1: made man uh uh, Batman v Superman was on the other day and I see him coming in the wheelchair and I remember how like his subplot was like so hyped up because he was walking around with the green screen socks and everything (laughs) what's my man made yeah (laughs) I feel like the last thing was thank you uh uh, the America one the one with Brad Pitt Killing Them
0: Softly. Oh, yeah. I loved him in that one, and I love him in um, Halt and Catch Fire, the AMC show.
1: Oh, I haven't seen the show.
0: But yeah, he, uh, I, he's, guess he was I think
1: something.
0: he's kind of waiting for a, a really good film role. This is yeah. a pretty solid one, though. Uh, I'd say the middle couple episodes, maybe episodes like two, three, four, slow a little bit more than you want them to, but uh-huh. five and six have really picked up the plot, and I'm very, very excited for this week's episode. Shit. Uh, so that's about all for what we've been watching. Let us know what you've been watching in the comments down below on YouTube or by sending us an email at the address intercut at gmail.com. We're going to move on to yay or nay where we break down the latest happenings in entertainment. Starting with Christopher McQuarrie, who directed the last two Mission Impossible movies, will be back to direct two more of the movies which will film back to back are scheduled to come out sum- summer 2020 and summer 2021 despite apparent interest from DC in recruiting Macquarie to helm one of their superhero franchises, McQuarrie is instead going to return to the adventures of Ethan Hunt with Tom Cruise and it should be noted that Tom Cruise is going to be turning 59 years old in the summer of 2021 so Art, yay or nay, Macquarie is making a good decision by taking on two more Mission Impossible movies rather ...rather than reaching out to some other franchise.
1: Yes. And I'll tell you why.
0: Please do. Please um,
1: One, Fallout is incredible. So I want to see as many more collaborations with these two as possible. Two, does it say he's directing them? I believe he's saying he's directing both of them, yeah. Okay. I would love to see, with him overseeing it, what other directors he brings afterwards... Mm-hmm. I believe something that Star Wars should have done where it should have been a J.J. trilogy. It seemed like they were doing it in reverse. It was supposed to be like a riot. They, they all did their individual ones and then they were going to get trilogies afterwards. But Right. No, no one's getting a trilogy. <laughs> if this man uh, is getting his, I think that's where his story arc works the best. I am of the belief that a certain character at the end of Fallout, which you've seen, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Has the perfect villain look. For a future movie and you know it. Yeah, but then we're getting way more into sci-fi than... This is me. And I'm in there. And I'm all for it. (laughs) 100%. Here's my other theory. I 100% believe they are doing the natural progression to transfer over a 59-year-old man's role into somebody else who has come in and has shown her own in the franchise. And maybe someone who can carry it on. Yeah, so there is the
0: potential that this you will actually I mean? be Rebecca Ferguson's franchise. Actually, 100%. something that's come out recently is that the plan was like to hand the franchise over to Jeremy Renner at the end of Ghost Protocol, but that changed when they brought in Christopher McQuarrie for rewrites. Uh-huh.
1: So, and on top of that, your boy thought he was going to get it with Bourne, and that didn't work out.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's definitely uh, some potential for this to be kind of like... Two swan song movies. I like the idea that they are giving uh, him not one but two movies to develop. I love it. I love Something it. over. I mean he's definitely – he's
1: That's so been a good. great
0: match for this franchise. He's really yeah. invigorated it. I think the last couple of movies have been great. So, you know, if this is the kind of stuff that Macquarie wants to do, he's kind of well known for being a rewriter in yeah. Hollywood. He's doing a good job of it and it's entertaining. So I'm not really going to complain. No, he's dope. As the writer's room prepares the story for season two of Homecoming, excuse me, uh, news broke that Julia Roberts' time on Homecoming has come to an end. Roberts only signed a one-year deal for the show, despite the fact that Amazon picked up Homecoming for two seasons. Apparently, this was taken into consideration when writing her character's season one arc, but Art, yay or nay, you're disappointed that Julia Roberts won't be back for season two of Homecoming.
1: She's not coming back at all?
0: That seems to be the story now. She signed a one-year deal. They said, that, they said that Bobby is back. They said that Stephen James and Hong Chau are back, but... She's coming know.
1: back. She's coming back.
0: You, you, you're not she, believing
1: it? No. I just think she signed the one-year deal and then she's going to come back. Just going to sign another one. That's it. I think it's because it's Julia Robert. She don't get the two-year deal. She gets the one-year deal and then she'll come back.
0: Yeah. I mean, it seems like they're preparing, at least from news statements, they're preparing for season two without her.
1: Yeah, sure. Marvel had a Civil War script and they had the Civil War script when they got the rights to Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. But I, she's coming back. If she does not come back, then it's a complete name for me because... <clears throat> One of my favorite parts at the end that I want to see more of is literally that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm interested in seeing more of the different characters. But I kind of felt like she was a great central character. And I don't know. I,
1: I'm a little bit skeptical about uh, how the show would that too. advance without her. No, no, no. Wait, no, 100%. The look of the show. And you know what I mean when I say look of the show. Oh, absolutely. Shifts with her.
0: Yeah. It'll be uh, interesting to see how this develops, too. Yeah. We talked on a previous intercut about the possibility of a Breaking Bad sequel film following Aaron Paul's Jesse Pinkman character. The movie appears to be happening, but it will be made available to the public in what feels like a backwards way. Unlike the show, which debuted on AMC and whose streams found popularity on Netflix, the sequel film will debut on Netflix and then air at a later date on AMC. That's so dumb. (laughs) Exact release dates and time gaps are still unknown, but Art, I feel like I know your answer, yay or nay. Is AMC wise to air the Jesse Pinkman movie even after it debuts on Netflix?
1: What's the purpose? I mean,
0: so, I will say that they still air reruns of Breaking Bad. Maybe they're not, like... I, you know, maybe there are people who don't have Netflix who will finally catch up with it when it's on AMC.
1: But it's why would you be seconds? But why would you be seconds? I don't, I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's it a is, ratings game. So why would you do something that would push it away and give people less incentive to watch? Well, that should my, be the I initial. Mean,
0: my, my, assume, my assumption is that Netflix is paying more. You know, whatever That's a, the situation is, Netflix has, has decided like they want first rights.
1: Yeah. It's dumb, but
0: okay. I, I guess, to me, this is just a sign that, like, cable really feels behind streaming that they will just they take been. whatever ratings they can get off of showing this rather than being the place that debuts it. It's kind of like when, you know, when uh, HBO picks up a movie or something, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Or I, I, I don't know. It's just a, it's a strange development in the Netflix of uh, Yeah, Netflix progression is
1: you know one of the other ones, um, Isn't It Romantic, that just came out this weekend? Did you know that's coming out on Netflix in two weeks? Is it actually? <laughs> that's wild, huh? I'm searching up, we're searching up logos for it, and it goes, a Netflix film. Netflix has international rights. This thing got released in America for Valentine's Day in two weeks. It's pulling in an Annihilation, where we got it in theaters here, and the rest of the world's getting it on Netflix in two weeks. Really? 20, 28th, I want to say. Literally the last day of February. Yeah, read up, look into it. I think it's interesting because that's yet again another scenario. I'm more surprised at the fact that it's not common knowledge. Annihilation's was common knowledge. A, a yeah. lot of other movies have been common knowledge. This one hasn't been, so that's kind of interesting because in two weeks it will literally be out, which yeah. means it then leaks digitally as well. So then everybody has it, and I feel like Netflix has been very against the whole, you know, the fear that everyone has of oh no in two weeks it can't go streaming it's gonna hurt the theatrical release it must be six months Netflix is like I will release the same day I don't (laughs) know what analytics they have that makes sense but
0: yeah I don't know Netflix just taking up more room Jason Reitman, son of legendary comedy director Ivan Reitman, has established himself through over a decade of film work in movies like Juno and Tully, but Jason appears set to enter the family business, taking over a new Ghostbusters movie and oh, inheriting the franchise that his father Ivan helped launch not much is known about the new new Ghostbusters but the one thing we definitely do know is it will not be connected to the 2016 Paul Feig reboot with Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy art yay or nay the world is ready for a new new Ghostbusters
1: no I don't care I I'm very vocal not very vocal I don't really care
0: just very indifferent
1: I don't, I don't care that. Yeah, when people got, like, really offended of, with the when the remake was being made, and they're like, no, the first is a masterpiece. I saw the first. Dude gets jacked up by a ghost. Like, I don't know how you can... <laughs> yeah, you can't be there on the, on the front lines going, like, don't mess with this masterpiece. My man got jacked up by a demon. No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. And then 16 came out, and, I mean, I didn't care for it. However, it did catapult my man, who was using it as a tryout to show people he could be comedic, which eventually gave us Thor Ragnarok. So I'm happy for the movie existing, I find it interesting that this is yet again another franchise or series where they have one, two, and they're working on three, even though Ghostbusters, the reboot, sequel, offshoot, is also called Ghostbusters. It's like Halloween
0: yeah. with
1: all these different ones. It's like the Teen Titans Go and Teen Titans being played at the same time. Their voice plays I don't know what's going on.
0: Yeah, I mean... I don't care if I, it... I suppose they basically... There was some hope that the new Ghostbusters with... The female Below cast walk. would launch a franchise. There's no. some apprehension over whether or not it would do well with a sequel. So why me not just try it again? Yeah. You know, this Give is like this is ones, this. the Spider-Man approach. Just let, let's dust it off and, and try a new one. If uh, Amazing Spider-Man isn't good, let's bring in Homecoming.
1: So, uh, so you're saying that they're at home right now? Um, <laughs> the original was just going, "Damn it! I really <laughs> thought we had one." Yeah, I <laughs> just just like Garfield, and he was like. Guess I'm not Spider-Man anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they really, they just hope they had a hit, and they're going to try again until they get a hit, uh, which... It didn't bomb, did it? No, and that's the thing. There are so some people just who do it. think that the sequel would do okay, money-wise. Just do it. I don't know. I guess, I guess it's just a way to avoid more controversy around it, too. No matter Anyway, that's all for yay or nay. We're going to move on to the interview where we answer questions sent in by you, the viewer. So, intercuties, let us know if you have any other questions in the comments below or by reaching out to us at InterCut Pod. Uh, first up, we have Chase writing in that he is finally catching up with Black Mirror. That's uh, how long ago he sent this question in. So, what episode is your favorite of Black Mirror?
1: Um I Anything like the uh, up. Yeah, the uh I forget what it's called, Everything Is You or whatever, the one with the context.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh the entire history of you.
1: That one. I really yeah. like that one. I like the idea behind it of like having everything recorded and how some things can be forgotten, which I found really interesting. Uh very what's it called? Michelle Gondry like?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um yeah, that was my personal favorite.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the best Black Mirror episodes are the ones that feel kind of relatable but have that like little bit of technology that yeah. j- makes it not quite touchable. I, I think uh, that's a really great one. Be Right Back, the one with uh, Haley Atwell and Donald Gleason, where he dies and she Yo, recreates him as why another. Why is she
1: so gorgeous in
0: that episode? Yeah, I, it's a problem. Uh, I think though, my favorite episode is the one that introduced me to Daniel Kaluuya. It's five, fifteen yeah. million merits. Yeah, uh, it's an amazing view of a potential future society, and yeah. it, I, I just am completely floored watching that episode. It's 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 that's a, a good one. amazing vision. Um, so yeah, I, I think for the most part, I enjoyed the show pre Netflix a little more, but uh, I, that's what I got into. Netflix episodes are it. good too.
1: Netflix episodes are good. They're a little different, but they're not vastly different. It's still, for the most part, the same team. Yeah. More money with it, but.
0: 233 Baller had what I thought was a really interesting question. If production companies had their own theater chains, which production companies' movies would you go to the most? So I think there's kind of like sort of two ways to think about this. Uh, Whereas, like, what is your favorite production company? And also, like, what's the production company that you end up seeing at the movies a lot? Mm -hmm. Like, I think if we're all being honest with ourselves, we'd end up at the Disney Theater the most. You know, between... I was going to say that. I mean, between Marvel and between Star Wars and all that, you just end up seeing a lot of Disney movies. But if we're just talking about quality, like, I'd love to go to the Annapurna Theater. Uh, They did, uh, what was it, Spring Breakers. Her... Phantom Thread, they work with a lot of really interesting filmmakers. They've also got a partnership with Plan B, through which they did Beale Street, they did Vice just this year, Uh, and of course, you know, A24, you can't go wrong saying
1: A24. I really like Blumhouse. I would argue Blumhouse is better than A24. Do you want to argue that right now? Uh, A24 also has its duds. That's true. Blumhouse also has its Oscar winners. Whiplash, get out! I'm just saying. I, I'm not. I'm not anti-Blumhouse. I think. Did you see Blumhouse's a lot tweet? Of stuff I don't want to see at the Blumhouse
0: theater. Oh, 100 uh,
1: easily. But did you hear Blumhouse's tweet? Which one? About the critics. Yeah, yeah. That he yeah. reads reviews and he. I, first of all, why does my man talk? I'm not even questioning it. It makes sense. He would talk in all caps on Twitter. Yeah. He yells at me, like even responds. Uh, he's like, I'm so glad that you pay attention to the audience. Of course I pay attention <laughs> to the audience. I love you all with all my heart. I know. I think it's very interesting because a lot of people pretend or like straight up, you know, go Uwe Ball. Well, yeah. however, whatever his name is, wants to just box the critics. Uh, Xavier Dolan does the same thing. He right. critiques critics back. Um. But I think that's interesting to not shut down critics completely, but like saying like he... Does strive to make the best possible movie, and it got me thinking: What if, like Blumhouse movies, are bad because he gave them too much creative control? You know what I'm saying? I mean, that,
0: I think that's kind of the thing: is he's not necessarily going for like a high hit rate; he's just going for a lot of at bats. You know, yeah. if you just one hundred percent. He does do that a million yeah, times. Them. You're going to hit some of them out of the but,
1: park. But but the ones where he allows the movie to be the filmmaker's vision. Yeah, he's getting so many where he allowed him to do that, the problem was the filmmaker. But when he gets the right filmmaker, Chazelle, Peele, he gets a masterpiece. So, and I'm sure you would agree with me with this, when it comes to a movie being bad, would you rather it be because the person wasn't that good, but at least he did his vision, or because the production company came in and meddled in?
0: Right, exactly. I'd rather it be like the director's vision and just not a complete vision.
1: So I'm glad that you agree with me that Blumhouse is a better studio than a 24 <laughs> Bro, the theater already has a name. The Blumhouse. <laughs> true, true. Everything's steam. There's enough stuff going on. And you know it's going to make money. Blumhouse, the Blumhouse already sounds like an Alamo draft house. Yeah. Like that's yeah, what no, it,
0: it's going to be. It could be a pretty cool, like scary Alamo draft yeah, house. Yeah, I, I was
1: trying cool. to do a thing with Sony. I was going to say Sony because Sony also has like its Sony Pictures side that got mm-hmm. searching and a bunch of other things. They have a lot of subsidiaries. Plus, every marvel film with spider-man in it is technically a sony True. production so but uh, sony pictures I, Classics I is a
0: lot of the oscar movies that too so yeah. uh kai asks us do we think westworld that will have another go. season even though the forest fires burnt down the set that's wild uh, so i've got a spoiler answer and a non-spoiler answer so i'll give people a chance to uh i'm not going to spoil much i guess uh, but my spoiler-free response first would be that HBO has way too much money invested in Westworld to yeah. cancel the show because they lost one of the sets. Yeah. Uh, if they need to rebuild it, they will. But my spoiler response is they I don't, don't need th- it. Need think they need that set anymore? Think, yeah. I don't know if we're going to go back there anyway, even if it was still constructed. Uh, lastly, Cheyenne wants to know our top three Paul Thomas Anderson films. Uh, I'll go first for me, three, Pompeii, two, Death Race, and idiot, then idiot. one, Resident You're a Evil.
1: You're a buffoon. <laughs> you don't get to overuse your Twitter handle. Idiot. It's Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. <laughs> <laughs> Phantom Thread. Uh, Phantom Thread is easily my number one from his.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll go with Magnolia. There will be blood and punch drunk love.
1: Oh, damn. Yeah, Magnolia's. Magnolia had always been my favorite, even with the wacky frog thing. Yeah. Uh, Phantom Thread clearly took it over I don't know what my third one would be Maybe I'll say Punch Drunk Love just because I know how much you like it
0: Thanks um, Make Thread sure me. to <laughs> leave us a question In the YouTube comments or by emailing us At intercutpod at gmail.com To get featured on the next show You can also reach out to us on Twitter On Facebook, on Instagram Our handle is at intercutpod On all three, that's at intercut P-O-D, that's short for podcast Be and intercutie and send us your movie, TV, and entertainment questions. But for now, let's move on to topic of the week. This week's topic with the upcoming Oscars telecast. We are finally going to talk about the Oscar nominations and some of our thoughts heading into the Oscars show. This has been a very uh, eventful week, to say the least, in terms of the Oscars broadcast, uh, going from we're going to show... Only two of the original song nominees So we're going to show five of them uh, We're going to cut out four awards Actually we're showing all 24 awards So I don't know what what's happening This is still a show without a host Without like a clear Time frame or anything like that Bro, Brett
1: Favre was at home going What are y'all doing? Make <laughs> up your mind
0: it, it, It's a big mess so far it feels like i am now more curious than ever to tune in because it does not feel like they know what they're doing uh john bailey's first term as academy president is not really going so well uh, let's back it up a little bit though uh talk about some of the nominations since we haven't had a chance to uh roma and the favorite led the pack with 10 nominations each followed by vice's eight nominations followed by stars Born's seven one of the big surprises uh, of the events was that Starsborn's Bradley Cooper was not, not able nominated. to secure the Best Director nomination for his directorial debut. Sorry.
1: Also, also lost to Bo? Yeah, also ended up
0: losing to Bo at the Director's Guild Awards for Best First Feature. Uh, then uh, Green Book's Peter Farrelly also failed to secure the Best Director nomination, despite being in the Director's Guild nominees. Beyond that, one-time Oscar contenders like Beautiful Boy, Boy Erased, Destroyer, Eighth Grade, The Old Man and the Gun, win- Widows, Burning, Three Identical widows. Strangers, and Won't You Be My Neighbor Those all last failed to three. pick up any Oscar nominations. Those last
1: three surprised me. Art,
0: uh, what were your shocking snubs of the Oscar nominations?
1: Those last three I was really surprised, Won't You Be My Neighbor, Three Identical Strangers, specifically because I've been seeing some other film festivals where there's The Twinning Connection. Have you seen this? No, and they pitch it as a great companion piece through. And again, I don't know anyone who's worked on that documentary, so in case <laughs> I don't know anything, could be great. No could shots. Be great. No shots. Could be great. Could be the other untitled Jonathan amazing documentary thing that could also be happening there. Because they say it's like, oh, it could be paired with the you know big film that is three identical strangers, or just his own thing. Um, won't you be my neighbor?
0: Yeah. That said,
1: that said though, did you see Free Solo?
0: Yo, I saw that you saw Free Solo. Did you not see Free Solo? No, I'm, tra- I'm seeing it this weekend.
1: It, pro- it is 100% top 15 of last year. I I actually think it might have broken my top 10. That was the Ooh. one movie that, that that's the one the movie that got me. That's the one where it was like, damn, that's the one that got away. All right, It all surprised right. me so much. It's way more, it was, dude climbing rocks? Okay, bro, yeah, right. edge of my seat. I mean, um, so we've
0: got that as a nominee. We've got my name. 100%. Gap as a nominee. So it was kind of a strong year for documentary.
1: What surprised you? I don't think the Black Panther one surprised
0: us most. No, I mean that seemed inevitable. By the Bohemian point the surprised you. Sorry, Bohemian. I mean, I guess not because it's best it had picture. Already won dude. the Globe, and it already Rami won at the SAG Awards and stuff like that. Like, there's just all this love for it. You know, if you asked me this two months ago, I if you told me this was happening two months ago, I would have been, yeah, been completely like, surprised. But now it seems like this inevitability, and I, I'm, I'm just crossing my fingers that it's not going to make it all the way to winning Best Picture at this point.
1: That'd be crazy. Yeah. It actually seems feasible. So where, where are you leaning towards where it's going to go? I think this one is way more up for grabs than I thought. I, the only thing I'm putting my money on is Spider-Verse. <laughs> And even right? then, I'm scared that Pixar is going to pull some buffoonery, and, and Incredibles 2 gets it. But I feel like that's the only secure pick.
0: I feel like there's some secure picks in the acting what? nominees. I don't. Uh, I don't, I don't, know how securely I feel about Mahershala winning Best Supporting Actor, okay, let's go. and Glenn Close winning uh, Best Actress. Uh, I don't want to feel secure about Glenn Close winning Best Actress because I finally that's saw The wife, and it, it ain't much. Um,
1: but yo, hey, thank you. Because no one has seen it. Yeah. I caught it. No one has seen it. It's a good story. Yeah, Fernando and I saw it uh,
0: on our flights home. I think that's the only way you can see the the wife if you take a plane.
1: You have to take a plane. It's not available on streaming or VOD, nothing. Um, I I, I think it's an interesting story. Did you? Yeah, no, it's an interesting story. I didn't think the movie was bad. I thought the
0: movie was fine, and I thought she was good. But we've seen Big Eyes. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) We've seen a lot of other stories like this, and, and... Frankly, like I've seen better Glenn Close performances. That's what I'm than saying. I'm so that the
1: most surprised at the performances where people are like, "Oh, snap!" I was like, "Isn't her whole performance that her character just takes it?" Yeah, it's not a performance. I'm not saying that there's not nuances in there, but
0: that you is know, the it's, performance. It's
1: that she just takes it on the chin and then blows up at the end. Yeah,
0: which isn't. I, yeah,
1: campaigns I, though. That campaign was strong. We didn't go to the, the wife dinner party because that dinner party must have been fantastic.
0: So that's the thing going into the Oscars Is that apparently Rami Malek Is doing the most campaigning
1: 100%
0: And as much as it seems impossible for me to believe That he is going to win Best Actor Over Bradley Cooper and Christian Bale Nonetheless Christian Bale, uh,
1: that's just the one where I was like I don't see how he's better than Christian Bale I don't yeah. see how he's better than Christian Bale I don't see how
0: he's better than Bradley either I don't I'm get so, how
1: First Reform's not in there
0: Yeah, Ethan Hawke also should have been It's
1: so, it's Tony Collette.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of times some of those smaller movies get snubbed, but even for the ones that are in there, I, I'm still hoping that Bohemian Rhapsody doesn't uh, take the awards from them. Yo, w- Bohemian's going to have think, to take something. You asked me what I think is going to win overall, though. Um, I think that there are two main possibilities. Green Book? No, I think Green Book's done at this point. I think, oh, you think so? I think not getting the director is a sign that there. it's not necessarily... Sticking with people that maybe some people have heard this whole like uh, the family doesn't like Green Book thing and they're not necessarily going with it. You've seen it, yes.
1: What did you think, Zach?
0: I thought the movie was like, unbelievable, fine. Zach.
1: <laughs> you, so you're not you're not totally against it as others are. I mean, but you're not all for it. I'm definitely
0: not all for it.
1: Do you um, think it's as? Are you on the narrative that it's as bad as Crash?
0: No, no, that's I'm not. Uh, that's where people it's start like we all talk humanity about or anything like that. I, I think uh, ultimately, when it comes to the Green Book uh, controversy, and to like sum it up really quickly for anybody who doesn't know, it's the idea that the family of Doctor Shirley, the yep. person that Mahersha Ali is playing, uh, basically disagrees with how his character is portrayed and says it's not true a lot of what's in the movie um i think ultimately that a lot of movie a lot of like stories in general are subjective and i I think this is very clearly from the perspective of vigo mortensen's character who also is admittedly a liar yes so and his kid wrote it yeah i'm just i guess i'm just not taking it to be quite the truth and i'm a little more it's there's some weird clichés in the movie there's yeah. some weird like class stuff the stuff i am not as big a fan of like the fried chicken stuff as everybody
1: <laughs> i just think viggo is a complete and utter buffoon in the movie yeah yeah and we all know someone like that yeah but
0: anyway uh, i think at this point either it's roma because that's been the critical darling the whole way through it has and that's to be. like that's the prestige pick it has or to be. Or this is Argo 2.0, and Bradley Cooper not getting the director nomination the way that Brad Ben Affleck not getting director nomination. A star the is born nomination. getting
1: win for best I think picture after I think already being a best picture. I mean, it's a different. It's a new
0: one. It's a different one. People love Bradley Cooper. He's been nominated for several Oscars. Probably Oscars are they're
1: not this weekend, right? No, next week. Next week, okay. It'll be
0: this weekend by the time this video's up, but...
1: Yeah. So put your pick in.
0: I mean, I'm going Roma. If you if you want me to finalize a pick, that's the I one want. that's going on my Oscar ballot. I uh, want I, Roma. I'm playing it safe, but, you know, you look at the, the recent history of the Academy, and they do have a lot of love for the, the, the Three Amigos, you know? yes. They, Given at this point, they're going to give like what is it? Six of the last nine best director nomination, just director wins too, yep. either Inuri, to either Inarritu, Quaron, or Del Toro, or something like that. Any of my five uncles. last? Yeah, yeah. close to them. So yeah, I kind of feel like it's Quaron to lose at this point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. How about you?
1: I think Roma would be the best one to win. I wouldn't be surprised if we get hit with some Bohemian. Uh, Green Book
0: yeah yeah never I, I, know. I, I feel like it's going to be a out. lot
1: more random than we think it is
0: that's the thing is like especially with the preferential ballot potentially coming into play I feel like it could be a very uh, surprising best picture winner we'll see ultimately did
1: you hear the controversy about one of the live action shorts uh
0: which one is this girl
1: no uh one of the oh, live action oh I know which one you're talking about about the kid who got abused yeah, and they, yeah. And, and they decided to remake the story I want to say it's a narrative um, based off of this true story of a kid who got practically mutilated correct me if I'm wrong um, and they pretty much remade the short live action film and remade the scene mimicked the scene of the actual abuse that happened and that's what the story is about they submit it, it gets the Oscar nomination and the mom has to come out and go yo, are you kidding me
0: yeah, the parents of the child who I want to say was murdered—not not just abused, but murdered—the uh, parents of the child never approved the film being made, uh, and I mean it, that's not necessarily the case with every story about a true or real person ever, but when you're doing it so focused on the grisly details, maybe it's worth consulting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, do you know the name of the short, by any chance?
0: Uh, I'm looking it up.
1: Because, yeah, that's like one of the ones where it's like, is the Oscars... The the Oscars hold a responsibility there. Because when you get pitched a film, you get told that it's a true story. There's no way you don't question that. If you bring up the stuff for Green Book or any of the other counter campaigns...
0: Detainment is the name of the short film.
1: And, do you know, what's the category that it's nominated in? I want to say it's live-action short. That's live-action short, Yeah. How were those still going to get? Oh, those were the ones that were going to get played, right? Uh, That was the one that was going to get cut. Yeah, yeah. But can we explain how the people who shoot the actual damn movie, the people who actually (laughs) edit the movie, edit and put together the movie? What was the fourth one? Uh,
0: Makeup and hairstyling.
1: Still just as important. How did live action documentary shorts stay on the list? Right. No offense to the people who make that one. How? Does yeah. that get picked over cinematography?
0: Yeah, the decision to eliminate f- the presentation of the four awards just seemed so short Cutting water from and, your diet? It makes I no mean, sense. You know, what is the reason that people tune into the Oscars anyway? It's to watch the speeches. It's to watch people getting the awards. Mm-hmm. Why are you cutting out four of the 24? It just doesn't make any sense. Especially... You know cinematography, particularly being so vital to film. Like I, I know See, that uh, hey, just, every role just is a an bit. important role, but literally no camera, cinematography, no cinematography. It, yeah, it, it, it's, it's Cinema. vital. You, you <laughs> can you can literally have films without sound. Sound, you yeah. Guillermo had said that. Yeah, a camera.
1: You can't have it without a camera. Yeah. You even still have one in terms of animation as well when you're dealing with CGI and and different masks and stuff like that. So. Who sat there and said...
0: So here's the thing. Uh, The president of the Academy, John Bailey, is a cinematographer. A lot of people think that he was basically like... Trying to sort of put himself for like sh- show that he's not being biased in by nominating his ca- category. And That's the dumbest su- thing I've ever heard. Supposedly the idea was that it would be rotating, so every couple as year it would be a different four categories. Of course, I'm sure those four would never include you know the actors or something like That's that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, and then there's another. Contra- Did you hear about the Disney aspect of this? No. A lot of people thought it was pretty suspicious that Disney, Black Panther wast
1: nominated for those four
0: D- Disney, which is nominated in just about every category of the Oscars, is not nominated in those
1: four categories yeah I definitely think that comes into play, but it doesn't Disney, even of course for-
0: being the company that owns ABC who is broadcasting the Oscars
1: oh I mean that's no tinfoil there then yeah yeah I'm just saying yeah someone had said that be- someone had mentioned specifically Black Panther um. I guess. Yeah, I mean... I, I think, like, it's partly the case, but it also still doesn't make sense even if that was the reason for it. You know what I yeah, mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've since come back on reversing the decision after a lot of outcry from different filmmakers. Your uncle uh, played a role in that. So, thankfully, we'll be able to see all 24 awards when tuning into the Oscars, despite there not being a host. Yeah. What are you expecting? Are you expecting it to be a painful show? Are you expecting it to be a brisk show? Uh, uh, given that it's... The- gonna be in a traditional
1: one uh, after all the yes and no yes and no it's still set up to be a decent show no yeah. host we want to laugh at it but sure let's go please don't drag it out with the presenters you're still showing all of the awards. There is no popular stuff. We're surprised by some of the votes, but there's still people in there that we are rooting for. It could still ha- it has everything to still be the best Oscars. That's what people keep forgetting. They, everyone compares the journey and all the hell that it, no, there's the hell that comes to making movies, but the, it's all about the final product. The yeah. final product can still be incredible.
0: Yeah, and we'll I think see. a lot of people have been making a big deal about the idea of there being no host without, without remembering the idea that it's not going to be no writers and the writers yeah. are the ones who really end up coming with the material anyway and you, the
1: stage managers and everyone who's directing yeah, the actual so,
0: you know it, it, they don't need to get a host they're already yeah. bringing they always have great presenters you know you can have the Tiffany Haddish Maya yeah. Rudolph moment be a moment again. Mm-hmm. and they don't have to be the hosts. So yeah. I think it can still be a good show. I'm hoping, you know, now that we're getting all the song performances apparently, <laughs> uh that it'll just be a fun awards night ultimately and that it won't be, be dragged down by some weird nominees and Well, I can't wait weird for this love for Bohemian Rhapsody. Th-
1: yeah, I can't wait for this tweet, you know. We're doing popular. Okay, you guys will like it. We're not. We're taking but- away these categories. You guys will like it though we're not. Okay, we gave it this best picture but you guys didn't like it. Okay, now we're not. <laughs> If they start, they start backtracking the awards they even gave out. Yeah, that's the one thing that I'm, I, I'm feeling we're going to get. It happened at the Grammys. I think it's going to happen here. We're going to see a couple of ties. Oh, you think? And I wouldn't be surprised if it happens for Best Picture. It, interesting. I mean, I it's don't. It's such know an how the indecisive Grammy, I mean, year.
0: I don't know how the Grammy voting works. I think it would be difficult given the way that Oscars voting. There's, works a, there's been some. There's been some but, ties. But, but it's happened. Yeah, it's happened.
1: So. so. Uh, some have even said that with the Grammys, they didn't think it was mathematically possible either. They just did it to do it. Yeah. So if this Oscars tends to be one of those we're going to give a little bit to everyone type right. of awards, then I feel that there may, in fact, be a tie somewhere.
0: Are there any nominees that you're particularly rooting for? Ones that you would like to see win? Free Ones solo. That you'd be happy to That's see it. win?
1: Free solo. Free oh, solo, yeah. that's
0: it. That's I mean, it. I got the same thing for Minding the Gap. You know, I love Minding the Gap. My boy being Oh. So uh, we got we got a little bit of showdown.
1: Oh. Going. I will <laughs> say this, and I think you liked it on Twitter. Yeah. The director. Of yeah. Square.
0: The, the Times Square thing. That was pretty. That's great, kind of. Right?
1: That's kind of sick, man. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Yeah.
0: And,
1: yeah, and that dude, he's not. Because it's old. his movie. It's his movie. Yeah. He's, it it really it's is about him. Movie. To see that at the Oscars, that's that's dope. Yeah, so I'm
0: I'm really happy for Bing, even if he doesn't end up winning Best Director. He's already won Best Documentary. Yeah, he's already won by going on this journey. That's crazy. Um, When it comes to the other categories, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but I still am hoping for Lady Gaga or maybe even Olivia Coleman to sneak out Best Actress. I I like both of those performances a lot. Uh, And Best Actor, I mean, I really liked Bradley Cooper. I I like like Christian Bale a lot too. I just don't want it to be Rami Malek.
1: Re- oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm not against him winning it. I don't think it's his to win. But the one yeah. that I am uh, curious, the biggest upset I would actually enjoy the most is seeing... Uh, uh, I'd like to thank you all for this award. <laughs> best supporting actor. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it. Good night. That'd be the best one. <laughs> if he goes up there and he wins it... And he beats... Who else... Who's in like It's that a lot of people think he's going to win
0: that one. Um, but, you know, I, I think everybody would be happy for a Sam Elliott win.
1: Um, what's... Uh, who else is nominated for it? It's... Uh, what's the name from Can Forgive Me Too, right?
0: Richard E. Grant, yeah.
1: Uh, I like him, too. But... Yeah. If Elliott wins, then to me, that'd be, like, the best upset if there was yeah.
0: one. Uh, I don't expect Black Klansman to win in picture, and I feel like... Yeah. I feel like there's a small chance... That Spike Lee can win director as kind of like a career award. No. Um, but oh, I, I'm, as like a yeah. Better it be, not. It would be Martin Scorsese winning for The Departed. You know, it would be that. Who did like, he
1: beat out? Who did he beat up for The Departed?
0: I don't remember to be honest, but okay. I think that was the same year as like Little Miss no Sunshine or something.
1: Okay. Um,
0: but one way he could definitely win is in Best Adapted Screenplay uh, up against. Can you ever forgive me? And a star is born. And Beale Street. I, I think Black Handsman has a mm-hmm. real shot or in a star is born.
1: It's a star is born. Did you not read that? Ooh. No, did you not read that? Uh, Sean Penn. <laughs>
0: you ever see, Sean no. Penn's a
1: journalist now.
0: Yeah, yeah. You Sean Penn that? coming to bat for a star Bro, is
1: born. I read the whole thing, and then I went. So where's his interview? <laughs> It took me a while to realize he wrote the yeah, article. he wrote the damn thing. I was ready for the <laughs> journalist to tell me what Sean Penn said. He <laughs> wrote the article. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much just, yeah, it was and one of his big things was the script. He said he came in and he did magic with the script.
0: 99 nine wants to know, do you think Spider-Verse will win Best Animated Film at the Oscars? It seems like the heavy favorite 100%. for now. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I hope it I, does too. I would say that you know maybe the Disney Pixar arm is too strong, but Disney's lost some of these in the past. Like mm-hmm. there's some Pixar movies that I thought were shoo-ins, and they ended up losing to like I don't know fucking Happy Feet or something.
1: Incredibles got the roller coaster. Y'all good. Y'all <laughs> yeah. good. Y'all good.
0: Uh, Valentine asked us, "What do we think about Lynn Ramsey?" You were never really here. Uh, not getting a more-than-deserved Oscar nomination. Valentine's question touches on one of the main bits of criticism to come from the Oscar nominations, that none of the best director slots went to women. Art, any thoughts on the lack of female filmmakers represented at the Oscars? She deserved it. Yeah, I mean, I thought Lin Lynn, Lynn, Lynn Ramsey... Is just as qualified as pretty much any of the best director nominees. I know some people were also saying uh, Deborah Granick for Leave No Trace. I didn't see that one. I I know that got more mixed reviews, but people loved You Were Never Really Here. I'm surprised that it did. Who's nominated
1: for Best Director?
0: Mm -hmm. Goron? 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 Lee? Pavlovsky from Cold War. Lee uh, for Black Klansman. That's the other thing, is that there was the heavy foreign representation that, that Cold War and what Roma got into director. That Cold War, Roma, and uh, that German film got into cinematography.
1: What? Which one?
0: Uh, shoot. It's
1: not Border, is it? No. Have you seen Border? No. Have y'all seen Border? Y'all should check out Border. Border's a really good movie. It's really jacked up. It's messed up. I recommended it. And somebody, t- like, I think they DM'd me and they, they told me to go screw myself because now they couldn't sleep at night. But it's a crazy film. I highly recommend it. Did that one get nominated? I have no idea. It got nominated in my heart, so right what I know. <laughs> Either way, in terms of the five directors, uh, I would have definitely given it to um, You Were Never Really Here. And I'm very yeah. curious for next year's as you keep searching it up. I definitely think Kent for next year.
0: Oh, yeah. She's going to be oh, heavy oh. for
1: a lot of the Sundance ones that we saw, it's literally all dependent on how they run a campaign. That's what kind of sucks yeah. about it. It is all dependent on how they run a campaign.
0: Uh, so the other d- director nominees that I didn't mention were Adam McKay for Vice and Yorgos Lakimos for The Favorite. It's tough. Like I could see, uh, I could see Lin Ramsey getting in ahead of Spike, ahead of Adam, ahead of Pavel.
1: Easily. Yeah. Where, where's Where's uh, Suspiria? He would have been the female representation. Remember, he made the movie for women. That's why he right. stole from female
0: artists. Exactly. And then uh, cinematography. The third foreign movie um, aside from Cold War and Robo was Never Look Away. Huh. Yeah, I I looked it up on Oscar morning because I had no idea that was going to be in such contention. But good campaign. Yeah, I guess so. It's kind With of the cool name to like see that. that yeah. It is kind of cool to see so much foreign representation in the Oscars. I think it's a little weird sometimes the way they're segmented out.
1: Yeah, I've said this. It's that it's kind of weird that to us, the rest of the world gets one category. Right. Can you imagine being in France and America gets one category? Yeah. You're supposed to only pick. Fi- yeah, that'd be weird.
0: Anyway, uh, that's what we are expecting from the upcoming Oscars. Let us know if there's anything you're looking forward to at with the 91st Annual Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. And be sure to follow us on Twitter, where we'll be talking more about the awards as they approach. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to our last segment, the New to See, talking about what's new in theaters streaming and on VOD. Starting with New in Theaters, February 22nd, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Fighting with my family, a Sundance favorite. Uh, total damal, run the race, the turning, the Iron Orchard, and the changeover. Are you are you still in on how to train with your how to train your dragon? It feels like it's been a little while.
1: It feels like it's been a little while. It's one of those where it's just like they were good, weren't they? Yeah, right. I thought no, I thought like like that's the that's what you get. Yeah. I'm not even asking anyone. I'm asking myself. Like I did like these, right?
0: Right? There's yes.
1: some people who are very adamant for them. This one's coming out. It's doing well, 90%. It's been out overseas for like three <laughs> weeks already.
0: Yeah, I just, mean, I wouldn't be surprised. This is one of those movies I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out and like makes $80 million. And I'd have yeah. to read that headline and just be shocked.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. It seems like one of those that seems so minor, but then it comes out and it makes a really big splash. So Yeah,
0: yeah. New to streaming on Netflix February 21st, The Drug King. Then on February 22nd, Chef's Table Volume 6, Firebrand, Paddleton, another Sundance favorite, Paris' Us, and Working Moms. Uh, I saw Paddleton at did Sundance. That, that's a choice that I made. I was at the world premiere of that. You did that. Uh, you, you were there. Yeah, I was there. Uh I was there. Uh, (laughs) February 26th, our idiot brother. Wait, are you not even going to tell
1: the people whether you recommend it or not? Okay, so Paddleton, it's a... You mean you sacrifice. You made the sacrifice. You saw it early. Let the people know.
0: Right. It's like a mumblecore movie with Mark Duplass and Ray Romano. So I think if you've seen any Duplass movie, you kind of get the vibe they're going for. The first half of it is a road trip that didn't work for me. And the second half of it actually turns into like a weird like low-key drama about accepting death and, and that part worked for me Ray Romano's like a hell of a good actor who knew Big Sick yeah I'm, that's true that's that's what got him the part I found out at the world premiere
1: thank you for uh, a hey, round of applause thank you for reporting really appreciate it Chris uh, thank you so much thank you so much uh,
0: silky smooth voice on February 26th <laughs> our idiot brother on Netflix and on February 27th Unsolved Tupac and Biggie why <laughs> then HBO Go on February 23rd, OG and Breaking In. Then on February 24th, The True Detective Season 3 finale. Oh. Hulu on February 18th, The Sisters Brothers. I wanted to catch up with that one. Oh. And on February 26th, Hulu gets Three Identical Strangers. So Go. Hulu Yo, will have Hulu a couple of the best documentaries up. Yeah,
1: that was good. from
0: last year. Prime Video on February 22nd. This giant beast that is the global economy, season one. That That's a name for a show. New to VOD on February 19th, Overlord, Robin Hood, A Star is Born, and Green Book. Uh, you
1: liked cool. Overlord? Am I misremembering that? No,
0: I like Overlord a lot. It's a good movie. I Yeah, I, I missed it. I, I'm
1: curious how it translates to a smaller screen because I really like the IMAX aspect of it. Pretty fun Inter- movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, for people who still need to see some Oscar nominees, The *Stars Born* and *Green Book* oh. are out there. So make sure to check them out if you're interested. What is your pick for the week?
1: My pick for the week: uh, *Russian Doll*. Okay, are we going to talk about this? Have you seen? Are you ready to talk about this? We going to shut off the podcast and have a real conversation? Are we going to have it on the podcast? I, I think we can. Are, I think we can shut it off, or maybe do an after credits or something. Maybe because our better conversations always happen when the cameras are off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I highly yeah. recommend Russian Doll.
0: Russian Doll's dope. Uh,
1: no. I, I, I'm going to recommend other stuff. And then it's Russian Doll. You know what I mean? I can't, it can't be the okay. first one. Okay. You, okay. you name the best special left. Um, I saw this movie on Netflix called Polar. And I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, Max Mickelson. It, yeah, it came out with uh, uh, I.O., which was just Apocalypse movie number 54. came out with another one with Noomi Rapace called Close. Okay, I didn't think much of that. I was like... Wow, January is dumping ground for Netflix too. Then this one gets in there. <laughs> I ignored it because I had seen two already. I'm like, this seems like yet another one that's trying to be like rated R violent, whatever. I hear about it later about how it's like a comic book adaptation thing and it's super rated R. Bro, starts off, yeah, it's these assassins killing each other, looper esque, where they're trying to get rid of the retired ones. Mads Mikkelsen is in it, which made me go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mads is in this? <laughs> go in there, my man. Is this is a hard R movie? With a pretty interesting storyline, pulpy at times, corny, cheesy, but it goes there. I think for those All who right. are fans of um, church scene, spies cutting off British guys. Jason Sp- Statham? No, uh, comedy with the spies. Taron Edgerton. Oh, uh, Kingsman. Kingsman. I think for fans of Kingsman, this is like your cup of tea in terms of the assassin side okay. of it. Not the spy type thing. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, what else have I seen? Have you seen the show Disjointed? No, I haven't. I want to make a point of this because I'm surprised you haven't seen it. So I was surprised because we just clicked and we're like, oh, "Okay, let's just watch this show." Something dumb. Yeah. Uh, with the Airbnb that we're staying at, it was already playing, and this thing is—it's corny. It's a corny sitcom. But one thing blew me away. Now there's this whole like backstory to it where people uh, there's like the cannabis community is against the show. I don't—that surprised me. They're, like, against it because I had no idea. Jack Errer is an actual dude that the strain <laughs> is named after? Yeah. I had no idea. So it turns out that in the show they do a Jack Aaron, and that, like, offended a lot of people because the tribute they were paying, they may have said a little too many adultery jokes, and I guess that's one of the reasons they got canceled for season three.
0: Hmm. But I'll
1: tell you this. You need to watch it for a couple of reasons. But it's on the can, though.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: That's I'm, how done, I'm done with Atlanta that stuff. That's how the entire episode feels. So the whole thing takes place at this dispensary where she's trying to make sales and you know to get yeah. along with the characters there. But the episode will just cut, and it'll be a lawyer telling you your pizza hasn't arrived yet. You know you could sue for that, right? <laughs> and you're looking and going, my pizza hasn't arrived yet. It'll randomly just cut to B-roll of two guys eating potato chips, staring at the TV. It'll randomly cut to... Right, so, so it's definitely you know I'm catered
0: saying? to a specific audience. Yes,
1: but it's it's like the story's going on, but in between, they'll do episodes... Uh, what was Little the episode bits of Atlanta, and... Where it feels like that episode of Atlanta.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like l- l- sketches that kind of fall it's, in between the cracks.
1: It's, it's it, No, because the whole thing is a... Um, it's a web series, kind of, that they do for the thing. Where they just strain all the day So technically, it's iCarly <laughs> meets Weed's. All right. I think you're really interested in it, but my biggest selling point to it um, is there's a super serious storyline about PTSD that caught me so off guard because it's the um, the guy who's the security and someone will tell him something and he'll look at the security monitor and the security monitor will then turn into cartoons of what led him to sign up for the army hmm. and how in the army he got PTSD. I don't know how to explain it, but I need you to see the episode because it'll just dive into depression while someone's in the middle of a conversation. It's Slumdog Millionaires into a flashback hmm. so nonchalantly and you're going, whoa, what, how did we get this deep? <laughs> I'm right. very curious to know your thoughts. Very curious to know your thoughts. It's not a great show, but it does some things that I think are like, this is really too good to be in this show. So? I'm just going to say this about Russian Doll. You saw it? Yes. All of it? Yes. Started off good, people were saying it was great, it gets great. Yeah. This is all I'm going to say, and then you can say whatever you want about it, because I've talked for a bit or... I think it was episode six or seven, I got an emotion that I haven't felt since watching Lost. Now, to me, that is as big as me saying that the ending of a movie feels like Whiplash. <laughs> and I've only used that once, and it was for a recent Sundance movie, and I said... A quarter of the whiplash end. And, and it delivered because that yeah. was a movie that became your number one. Yeah. When I say that this TV show made me feel like stuff that I haven't lost, that is a very serious thing because I have a bias for Lost and I also truly can defend Logically Lost like to the folks. Yeah. I, I don't know if that is episode six
0: me. or episode seven because both of those episodes end Are with incredible. a pretty huge thing. Uh, and, and Yo, I was I freaking think, out. Yeah. Um
1: I, so I, off guard.
0: Th- I think, you know, the saying that it starts off good and gets great is the perfect way to talk about it. Because it really does start off interesting, kind of bizarre. Like, I think for the first two episodes, I'm a little like, what's the show? You know? like what, You're not used to is... a
1: character. Because she's such a different character.
0: She's Yeah, she's incredible. kind of a different character. The, the linear progression of the show is kind of not really... Doesn't build in the way that you'd expect from a normal half-hour show. I think it's episode three that really feels like it's bringing stuff together. By the end of episode three, I was hooked all the way. But uh, when you get to episode seven, you just... It, like, I could not turn it off. It, it, that... It, it, same... it, it goes to another level. Um, and I was I was blown away by those last couple of episodes.
1: And it's like something that you think you should have seen coming. And mm-hmm. then it happens, you're like, this is... Just... That was incredible. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a little, like... It's a weird show in that it's a little mind-bendy, uh, but it's yeah. kind of funny, and it's also like a character thing where... And everything's it, flipped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think it's really... I think it's a really smart show. I don't know exactly if there's anything I can really compare it to, but I love Leslie Headland. She's the same person who did Sleeping with Other People a couple of years ago.
1: Okay.
0: Um, so I think she's a really talented filmmaker, and the show... I think the she's show, the actress. S- sorry?
1: The actress. Natasha uh, Leone. Alina knows her from Orange is the New Black. Yeah, Blue she's amazing on she's this incredible. show. Like she's such, to me, Did she's... In, see if you agree with me. There's Joe Pesci-esque. Yeah. Right? There's no, a Joe Pesci-esque to her. She's uh, like, like a wise guy. It's she, weird. She is a literal wise... And you, the whole thing is flipped. I, I had read some think pieces, but it was specifically, I want to say, episode four, where she has the one-on-one with the ex... And he's clearly playing the girl in the scenario that we're used to. And the whole thing was flipped where she was like, okay, how about this? I will love you for forever. Do you feel happy now? You are such a jerk. Yeah. And he's packing his stuff to go. I was like, okay. It was so... It was smooth.
0: She's extremely watchable. It's hard to not pay attention to her. She's just an extremely charismatic presence. And she makes a lot of choices that I don't think you'd expect you know
1: bro there were some things that that i'm like she's a genius yeah she's a damn genius uh there was one part what's become probably my one of my favorite clips of the year so far and this is big after coming off of sundance too um the scene where she's trying to get into the house and the neighbor to the guy locks her out and flicks her off and she goes do i know you like what is this (laughs) that bit makes me laugh so hard because yeah are you ever in that scenario where someone's just acting weird and you're like, What did I do? Do I, do I know you, bro? Yeah. At, at Sunday, There's at the a lot of market. small bits like that. Yeah, I'm like checking out. Like the guy before me gets all of his stuff. He's done. He's set. I'm checking out. And the guy's still there just standing. And I'm like, that is the exact line that I wish I... Do I know you? What is yeah. this? What are we doing here? Go.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, she um, makes it so... so I, I am full, fully recommending Russian Doll as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a very easy show to binge. Uh, And then I'll recommend A Star is Born as well. If you have somehow gone this long without seeing A Star is Born, see it before the Oscars. Mm -hmm. It's a really great movie.
1: Oh, Uh, uh, Free Solo, for those of you who can still see it in theaters. mm -hmm. Uh, I know it's maybe not going to be an IMAX. It needs to be an IMAX. I wish my screen was bigger. I wish I was back home at the Navy Pier one or AMC, which Alita's probably playing over there.
0: Yeah, Uh, I uh, I could give it a look.
1: But yeah, And A Star is Born, since that's going to be out.
0: Uh, so that's all for this week's show You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich By following me on Twitter, at ZShevich Or on Instagram and Letterboxd Also at ZShevichArt Or can people find more from you?
1: You can find me at the A to Z Show And let me explain on different ones I've gotten to the point where I think you can search up either And it'll come up, so like on Letterboxd You can search up either, it'll pop up uh, Same thing with the channels, the A to Z Show Let me explain All that good stuff. And of course, you can see me here every week on the Intercut
0: Pod. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher, I Like Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed, not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can watch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment for you. Find new episodes of Intercut every Thursday. Please leave us a comment, like the video. Consider heading over to iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. You also don't have to pit us against each other. We're, we're friends. It's cool. Uh, That's, what pl- That's what they don't
1: get. they don't get. They don't know how right. long we've known each other. Like We've it's known each t- other.
0: It's Team Zach and Team Art.
1: Yo, we've known each other. Oh, you haven't seen Isn't It Romantic. They have that whole bit where it says, the two co-workers so need to fight with each other. Trust me, if we were to fight, it would have been a long time ago. No, we've known each other since before. The the, the the first to get to a hundred Level <laughs> We've known each other for a long time
0: yeah uh, So leave us a five star review Like Plantina who said We're five stars and called us funny and sassy Art you're the sassy one Like our Facebook, Instagram and Twitter pages All of them are at Intercut Pod To get updates from us throughout the week They'll be retweeting me Retweeting Art all that stuff uh, Thanks again for tuning in And until next time If this really was a podcast, wouldn't it be more entertaining?
1: Man, you really on that (laughs) (laughs) bandersnatch. Yeah.